Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Sports. Entertainment. Little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Hey, welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering the world of news and topics we find interesting. Here we go. Oh, Adam, well, what's going on, first of all? Not much. Just uh, living the dream, you know, enjoying the uh, the offseason or whatever that means, because you know, there's Raider stuff every single day, even though the rest of the sports world is going on, especially here in Vegas with college basketball and everything else. But, um, you know, I, I, I do love that the NFL is a 365 day a year thing, but um, it does seem like there's no time to just kind of breathe and take in everything that's going on. Sorry about pausing. I dropped an M&M on the floor and I can't let my dog have it because I think they're bad for them. Uh, they're definitely bad for them. And is there ever, ever a time that you don't have M&Ms? Well, I have trail mix a lot. Okay. I, tra- I, I love the trail mix and I pick them out because I don't really enjoy the nuts. Um, so you can- don't you don't love trail mix. You love M&M. Yes. I love it. Mm-hmm. But this way, it seems like I'm getting more healthy stuff. The, I don't mind the um, the uh, raisins, but the nuts I don't like very much. So I kind of pick out the M&M's. I, I spent a lot of money on these huge bags and uh, it's probably not worth it. I should probably just buy M&M's. You should. And, uh, you know, I, I think you're just trying to not feel as guilty about eating M&M's all the time, but you're still doing it. I want to ask you first about Josh Jacobs. The owners meetings went on in Phoenix. Our own Vinny Bonsignore was there for uh, for the newspaper. Um, and Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler had a lot to say about a lot of things. But one of the things Josh McDaniels talked about was Josh Jacobs and kind of why they tagged him. Um, a need maybe to or a desire at least to get something long term done. I've got to be honest with you. And I don't know if you read the quote. I'm sure you did in terms of the, the running back and how they feel about him. Like I walked away from that quote thinking there's no way they want to sign him long term, that they tagged him for a reason. He's a running back. They're going to give him 10 million this year. And I don't know if if they gave him long term, if they could get to amount of money that would make sense for Josh Jacobs. So did you see that quote? And and what do you think in terms of do they really want to sign this guy long term? Or is that just something you say when the reporters ask you uh, at the uh, owners meetings? Yeah, I think that's just something you say. And I, you know, this is kind of where we've been all along. I think when we've talked about this on, you know, here on the podcast or, or, you know, sitting around the uh, media room at the facility or wherever this conversation comes up, it's always been pretty consistent that, you know, both sides have a really good point here. Josh Jacobs has done everything he could possibly earn himself a long-term contract. And yet the Raiders shouldn't be signing Josh Jacobs to a long-term contract. Like that's just the reality of where, you know, the NFL is in terms of the salary cap situation and how you should build a roster and um, all those things. And so you want to reward a player like Josh Jacobs for what he's done, but you also don't want to set your franchise back. And so it's a really tough position to be in. So I think it's been fairly clear. The Raiders did not pick up his fifth year option for a reason. Um, They franchised, tagged him because they wanted to keep him around on the roster, but they don't want to guarantee anything long-term and tie up that, that kind of money. So we are where we are. And I don't think things are going to change with that. Now, what is Josh Jacobs going to do to respond? Is he going to sit out? Is he not going to sign the franchise tag? How is he going to kind of handle this? Because he said at the beginning before they ever tagged him, 
you know, the famous quote was um, hero turned villain if he was to get tagged and he wasn't going to be happy and he wasn't going to be, you know, maybe not necessarily the the good soldier that he has been in the past. So I think we're starting to see the beginnings of that, but I don't think the team's going to change their philosophy. It's not something that they've done ever uh, in terms of, well, you know, we haven't seen this administration much, but in terms of the Patriots, it's not, a, it's not something that they do. Uh, so I, I, I think there's kind of a stalemate and I think this is just where they're going to be. I, I don't expect any kind of significant long-term deal that Josh Jacobs will be happy with. He's going to have to take either a team-friendly deal or find that money somewhere else. And I think it's really unfortunate. I think there needs to be changes in how we handle running backs in terms of the NFL and the salary cap. But in this current reality, I just don't think the Raiders can do it. Do you think Zamir White plays more this year? I mean, I don't know why he didn't play more last year. So, yeah, I would expect him to. Uh, but at the same time, I also think they'll bring in more bodies. Like, I I just think the, the running back position, for the most part, is fairly interchangeable. And I think that's how teams see it, you know, for whatever. And, and here's where it's not. Like, it's interchangeable in terms of, you know, handing somebody the ball and having them run you know, run, run the football. There's plenty of people that can do it where it's not interchangeable is can you pick up blitz protections? Can you pass block? Um, do you understand, you know, when you're, when you're a hot receiver and you have to not block, but maybe kind of sneak out of the backfield and catch the ball, those sort of things of protection are uh, the, really the most important things in terms of running backs, getting, uh, getting time, especially young running backs. And, you know, it sounded like they were pretty happy with where Zemir White was in that, in that regard last year, but maybe they just weren't. And they didn't trust them to put him on the field. So if that changes, I expect them to be on the field more. But I also expect them to find more bodies to to plug in there and see how they perform. Uh, I just think it's a constantly, you know, that position is kind of a constantly revolving door. And I think that's how they want it to be. So we'll see, you know, who they bring in. But, you know, certainly Zemir White could be in the mix for, for more carries. I think he was only the lot, the most he had last game year was three in a game. And I understand it because of how what kind of year Josh Jacobs had essentially run him into the ground because he led the league in rushing. But as a fourth round pick, I would think you have to see what you have in this guy in his second year. I mean, I don't think you can just keep sitting him and hoping that if, you know, Josh Jacobs is gone next year, whenever Josh Jacobs is gone, that he can be the guy. Yeah, I I, I, mean, I think you're right. I also think, you know, you mentioned the running into the ground term, and I think it's, you know, another cruel reality uh, that is the NFL that the Raiders understood last year that, you know, there's there's a, a shelf life on running backs for the most part. It's a certain amount of carries. It's a certain amount of years. But really, it's, you know, it's the wear and tear. And when you have a guy like Josh Jacobs that you don't expect to be signing long term and can handle that kind of a workload and you figure it's going to be somebody else's problem when these, you know, the mileage he's putting on his uh, his, his legs is going to catch up to him. It'll be somebody else's problem. So why not just keep riding him, let him take the damage and then, you know, get him out at some point, which they will. And move on to the next guy who has a lot fresher legs. I mean, that's the, the cruel reality that is the NFL. And, um, you know, I think that if you're going to put wear and tear on anybody last year, it was going to be Jacobs and not white. But I do think the plan at some point last year was to have, you know, Samir white get more carries. Josh Jacobs just kind of shut that down. So um, I don't think before the year they would have expected the carries to be distributed the way they were. But, you know, Jacobs earned it. More from the uh, owners meetings. And um, Mark Davis spoke on a a few subjects, one being Dave Ziegler. I thought this was really interesting. There was a quote, and most of the quotes Davis had, um, I didn't understand for the most part. Um, it seemed like he was rambling a little. But one quote about Dave Ziegler I thought was interesting was that, you know, they're going to give them time. And Dave's a young guy. And, you know, you can't always trust the people you're dealing with or to give you information. It really came off to me as, you know, 
he might have thought that the GMs and other people around the league Dave Ziegler talks to aren't completely up front with him. Um, and Dave Ziegler is a young GM. Did you did you see that quote? I did. I, I thought it was strange like you did. Was that a strange, wasn't that a strange quote? Yeah, I didn't really understand where he's coming from with that. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't know who he's referring to. I don't know who, you know, he thinks Dave Ziegler is going to for advice or, you know, who, who Mark thinks that is uh, kind of giving Josh bad advice or, or, you know, out, out and out lying to him. Even I, I thought that was a very strange comment. And it was one that I kind of took note of and said, oh, I got to maybe follow up on this at some point, but you know, you never know what somebody meant in the moment, what somebody had in mind when they see it, when you see a quote like that, um, it's tough to kind of read, uh, read too much into it when you don't know exactly like who was he been talking. I don't even know he was talking to people. I didn't know he was seeking advice or was there maybe a trade that somebody lied to him about or was not right, up front with right. him and not, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that was. That was weird. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. Well, let's try to read into it, though, in terms of Dave Ziegler as a young GM. Does this cause you to believe that they are going to be given time and that, you know, Davis has full trust in these guys to give them time to try to rebuild in this way. And, and I say rebuild, and I'm not so sure they are rebuilding because they still have some really good players at different positions. So it's almost like not rebuilding, but not necessarily being Super Bowl contenders. Um, and, and that can be dangerous too. So did you get out of what Davis said that he's going to give these guys the ample time in terms of what they believe to rebuild? I believe that's what he's saying. I just don't know in reality if that's going to happen, because when you look at it, I, th- I think you're right. I think, you know, of all the potential strategies to use to try to build a team, this one is kind of the 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 most difficult because they're they're not rebuilding. Like they, they didn't tear it down like I thought they should have before last season. And then now. I think they probably should have done that again. And yet they really didn't. And so now you're stuck in another year where, you know, what is your ceiling? And, and are you, you know, are you really moving forward if you're trying to scrape together enough wins to be competitive? And it, it seems to me what they're doing is trying to win enough games to not get fired while trying to build up the team that they want. And I just don't think that's the way to do it. I think, I think it's either you tear it down or you just completely go all in and they're kind of stuck in this, you know, neutral zone. And I don't think they should have gone all in because I don't think there's, I don't, I think they have too many holes to try to fill in like three or four spots to try to, you know, try to compete for a title. I don't think they're at that point. So that's why you kind of have to go the other direction and tear it down, but I don't think they're willing to do it. Cause I don't know if they know they're, they're going to have their job long-term. So they're really caught in a, in a tough middle uh, where they're probably going to be okay. And that's not what you want. You don't want to be okay. I think in the NFL, you want to either, either be really, really bad or really good. And, you know, being in the middle is, you know, not good for anyone. It, it might, oh, purg- you know, purgatory, pur- purgatory is a bad place to be. Yeah. And it, it might, and it, by the way, that's kind of where, you know, that's the, the microcosm of what, you know, Derek Carr was in his career of, he was too good to just move on from, but he wasn't good enough to win you a title or compete for a title. So for so long it was, well, Hey, if you get rid of him, you want, you have to find somebody better. And there's probably only 13 or 14 people on the planet that are better at that job 
So you don't want to just move on from him, but he's never going to compete and win the title for you. So like, that's a really bad place to be. And that's a bad place where they are right now. I, I don't, you know, I don't love that direction to be in. I don't love trying to just be a little bit competitive. I think you should go one way or the other. And it's, it's tough to do that. It's, it's easy to sit here on a podcast and say that you should completely rebuild. Um, right, right, right. Easy for us. But I, I just, I think it's really tough to try to remain competitive and build a, build a roster right now. It's easy, it's easy for us to sit around and eat M&Ms and talk about these guys. Yeah. Have you dropped any more since you said that? Only one, a red one. Okay. Did you pick it up so the dog didn't get it? Uh, yes, I, I can't not pick it up. Okay. I got it. You, you, you've got enough dogs to where you know how bad chocolate is. Well, I got two. It's not like I have 13, but yeah, I've got a couple. I'm looking right now at the dog right now. He's looking up at me. It's very sad. There's nothing on the floor. Oh, no. That entire thing I said about looking up right now and there's nothing on the floor, allergies, you know what you know? Uh, that got sent to my wife as a text. Oh, no. So you did a, you did a voice to text? Yes. Well, good thing you weren't talking about her. I know. Oh, man. Oh, this is not good. Well, how, is- how old are you that you don't know how to control your phone? What is going on? <laughs> Larry, this is the podcast. <laughs> what are you doing? I was, I was, uh, now I said, sorry, voice to Adam. Oh no, not good. Anyway, let's get back to the draft. You do your mock draft each week uh, for the review journal, or you're going to start ratcheting that up. I'm Adam, I'm seeing different things in the mock draft from, pe- from people about the Raiders. First defensively, now some corners and offensive linemen. Now, you know, they're at Anthony Richardson pro day today. We're, we're taping this on Thursday. Uh, uh, Vinny's t- typing that they liked him. Tell us where you sit right now. And I know it changes week to week. I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you're choosing right now, this minute for them, which way do they go? Because a lot of what Josh Jacob, excuse me, Josh McDaniels also talked about this week was the quarterback. And if there was one there that they liked, they wouldn't mind taking him. Yeah, I just don't know if there is going to be one. You know, I I do think Young and Stroud are the top two. Although, you know, we say this every year and it's going to be quarterback, quarterback, and then it, it you know, usually isn't. But um, I do feel, especially with the Panthers making a move, they didn't do that for any other position. They, they made a, a move for quarterback. Uh, the Texans, I think, are going to have to take a quarterback. You know, it, it's interesting in that I don't think, I don't think Anthony Richardson gets by the Colts at four except for one possibility. And so you do have to do your work on Richardson. And I think if he, if he was there at seven, I do think the Raiders would take him. And so there is, there does remain a possibility that that happens. And that would be if the Colts trade for Lamar Jackson. Now, if they do that, I kind of think it would be after the draft. I think you would go ahead and draft somebody at four and then make the trade after the draft so that you would expect to be much better next year and not be picking in the top five. So the draft pick that you would give up to the Ravens would not be a you know a number four pick. It would be more like a 24, 25 pick. Uh, so I think that is a possibility. But I think the Raiders would probably, if they want a quarterback, and if it is Anthony Richardson, they would probably prefer that the Colts made a trade for Lamar Jackson and didn't do that. But right. as, we stand, as we stand right now, I think he's off the board. So you have to make maybe a decision on Will Levis, who I think could fall. And I don't think that they love him. I do think that there's potential second round quarterbacks that they do like, but those guys could be moving up into the first round as well. So it's just really tough. If you want a quarterback, you have to go make it happen. I just don't think that they believe a quarterback that they like should be drafted at that point. So could you trade down and take a quarterback? Maybe. Um, But I think where they are right now, it's, it's best playmaker on defense is probably who they would want to take. And so there's a couple of things that could fall in their direction. I don't think it would be offensive line necessarily. Um, if they fall in love with one of the players, uh, 
maybe, you know, if, if it's a Skaronsky, maybe they love him and they take him, but I think he's kind of in between positions. So I don't know if they love that. Um, so I, I do think, you know, you've got to look, you've got to look at some of those guys. Like if Will Anderson fell, I think you'd have to take him. I don't think he'll fall. If Jalen Carter fell, it's a huge discussion to have. And I know a very controversial one among Raiders fans as it should be. Um, I don't know if they would be able to make that decision, but um, from a pure football perspective, he's probably a guy that you would have to take if he was there. Uh, you know, Tyree Wilson, probably another guy you would have to take him if he was there. I don't, I think all those guys are gone. So I think those are the list of guys that are off the board. So you start looking at the next ones. And I do think corner is a, is a need. It's a, it's a position where there's a ton of guys that are really, really good this year. Um, I know some people love Christian Gonzalez at Oregon. Uh, I, I think from a fit perspective and just from um, who would I want on the team, if I was a general manager, um, I'd be a Devin Witherspoon guy from Illinois. He's the guy that I had the Raiders taking. Um, and I'll say I did my last mock draft. I had, I had Witherspoon go to the Raiders. Um, I just did a, you know, experiment, I guess you could call it. I did a, a mock draft that's going on uh, a radio station on the East coast is running it and they have somebody picking for all the teams. And I represented the Raiders and the same six players were off the board uh, when I picked in that as, as I did in my mock draft. So it's kind of, you know, crystallizing a little bit in terms of who the top six guys are. And if you have your choice of the next guys, I think it's one of the corners. And I, I think, you know, Devin Witherspoon is the guy I like better and, you know, heard, heard from some people in the building that whether this food might be the preferred option for the Raiders as well. So, you know, I think uh, that would be a guy to certainly keep an eye on. And he'd, he'd be a guy Raiders fans would love just because of how he plays the game. Um, obviously, great cover skills. That's what's the most important as a corner. Uh, but the attitude, the, the self-confidence, um, and most importantly, I think for Raiders fans, the willingness to, to mix it up in the run game, he is a hitter he will come up and make plays all over the field. So uh, I think Raiders fans would probably love the guy. Also played with Nate Hobbs for a couple of years. So uh, there's that connection already. So you're, di- unless they fall in love with someone, you're disregarding maybe offensive line. How about the Northwestern kid? Yeah. I'm sure if, if they love Skaronsky, I think that would make sense, but he is a little bit between guard and tackle. I know that they do like that flexibility for players. Um, they've got a bunch of guys. Dylan Parm can play multiple positions. Illuminor can play multiple positions. Um, I think they like that. So it would make some sense. Uh, for them to go in that direction. But um, I think if you look around uh, the impact that one of those top corners could have uh, or potentially Anderson or Carter, if they fell um, the impact that those guys would have, would just be so immense on this team right now. I think it'd be tough to turn it down. Um, And the offensive line is serviceable and they've got almost all of them back in the mix. So um, I, you know, I I think it's possible that they take a tackle. Um, I just don't know if Skaronsky is the guy he'd be the only guy probably to consider and I don't know if he's the guy at seven that they would jump at. Anything else for people before we get out of here, anything else for people to look for coming up in your coverage or the mock drafts or something that you think might be a surprise for Raider fans? No, a lot of, uh, you know, obviously a lot of mock draft stuff. They, uh, I'm, I'm sure in the next couple of days they're going to sign six more receivers because that's seems to be what they're doing right now, which is a, a little strange. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, got more mock drafts coming up, more draft coverage as we get closer and closer. And, um, obviously the, uh, you know, the possibility out there that they sign a couple more guys and uh, some more moving pieces that can happen up until the draft. All right. Keep an eye out for all this stuff. He does a great job for us doing those mock drafts and he'll tell you who the Raiders are going to pick. Uh, the birds are chirping. 
The dog's looking for M&Ms. Everything's going crazy at the house. Did you get a response on your on your bad text? No, I'm sure she's going to walk in the house and look at me like I'm a lunatic. Um, she had texted me something. And I texted her back the entire crazy text about being dogs having allergies and the dog looking up at me. So, she's, probably, uh, she's probably worried that you're going a little crazy. I know. <laughs> That's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire. Remember, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation three times a week. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Demir, who has no idea what we're talking about today and is not happy with me, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. 